Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad, no one will film it. These brave podcasters will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads with Sean McBee and Joshua Baker. Yeah, Jeff's here too. Jeff's here. It's me. Again. He snuck in for another script, and we don't know how. He just keeps getting in. This is how Sean has his control over his audience. He's like, I heard you. I know you don't like him, but he's coming back. You don't own this. <laughs> we put chicken wire across the across the <laughs> opening in the, like the sub-basement area. How do we keep him out? I just, he just keeps burrowing under. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. I don't get it. Uh, I believe there was a famous movie quote, Life and Jeff find a way. So, I don't. I, I would love to do like this whole reveal of like what the script we're doing is, but because it's a podcast, they've seen the title, so they know that it's Gladiator Two. But guys, let me tell you a little bit about how this movie came to not be. So, uh, Gladiator came out in two thousand, and it did real well, as I'm sure everybody knows. It won five Oscars, including Best Picture. It also won Best Picture at the Golden Globes and the BAFTAs. And it was a huge commercial success. It made almost half a billion dollars. This is 2000 money. So that's a lot. And so, obviously, Ridley Scott wanted to make a sequel, despite the fact that both his leads died at the end of the film. (laughs) Um, So he hired John Logan, one of the writers of Gladiator, to write a sequel. But it wouldn't have Russell Crowe, and it wouldn't have gladiators. So it's all Joaquin Phoenix. We're using <laughs> we're using the word sequel real loose here. Um, Russell Crowe, meanwhile, who won Best Actor for Gladiator, obviously he was interested in making sure he was a part of a sequel. So he did what any reasonable actor would do. He hired his own screenwriter in opposition to the director of the film. And that screenwriter was musician Nick Cave, who was not a completely inexperienced screenwriter. He had written one movie in 1988 that you definitely have not heard of. It is called Ghosts of the Civil Dead. It's an Australian film. It stars... Again, nobody you've ever heard of. Oh boy. Um, oh jeez. So, so that was that was his resume going into this. Um, now he had the same misgivings that we did. He immediately said, uh, "Didn't you die in the first one?" And Russell Crowe re- replied, "You sold that out." Oh. He threw a telephone at him. So he he read the script that we're about to read. Um, And at the risk of spoiling several episodes of this podcast, I'll tell you Russell Crowe's response upon reading it was, don't like it, mate. Don't like it, mate. (laughs) He did, however, comment separately on the ending saying, quote, don't like it, mate. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I'm looking at some of the stuff that Nick Cave, uh, I guess, wrote. He's written stuff since. So, or I'm sorry, he's the composer for these movies. He's he does more, have more writing. He's credits, more though. of a he's more of a musician, I guess. Well, the, the his top IMDb credits are some stuff. No, he's I'm... he's only a musician. Sure, he's written some things, <laughs> but he is not known in any circles as a screenwriter. Yeah, dude, The Civil Dead was a transformative piece. Everybody knows. That. <laughs> you know, I feel like the six people that were in that movie feel that way. Yes. <laughs> It's an Australian film. I did not know Nick Cave was an Australian until researching this script. Um, and I guess that's how him and Russell Crowe know each other. Because there's only like two square feet of Australia that's habitable to humans. Yeah, it's mostly desert filled with like snakes and tarantulas. And, and spiders like and yeah. swimming knives. It was how he was able to translate uh, Russell Crowe's response both times. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I get it. Don't lock it, mate. <laughs> so I'm I'm real excited for this, um, and I'm I'm ready to get going. Fade in. All right. So Gladiator Two by Nick Cave. For some reason. Oh, so it's got a title page, and then at the top of the next page, it says. Gladiator 2. <laughs> and it's it's written in like a sans serif font. Like it's not even written in screenplay format exactly. It's sort of close, but not quite. And like the font is actually really important to screenplay format because it means that uh, the courier is a a font where the spacing on all letters is equal like so an i is the same size as an m or a j it's very you're trained to read it well it's also that way it keeps uh the the format so that it basically comes out to a page per minute the sizing time. the sizing like the kerning right. and all that stuff like yeah. yeah so if you if you write a sentence with a bunch of i's in it it's the same i see it's the same length, and so it doesn't mess up your formatting to, to like how it's going to be. So it's courier specifically. Yeah. Courier new courier is what's new. used in screenplays, um, and screenplays are formatted in that weird way so that one page of screenplay equates roughly to one minute of screen time. I see. So a hundred and twenty page script should be a two hour movie. Mm. That's interesting. This is a 103-page script, but it was clearly written in Microsoft Word, so we don't know what that means. This is how I write emails to my friends. I, yeah, I'm looking at it. It looks like an operating procedure that I wrote years ago. I'm like, like one, <laughs> Friday, we're going out to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think those are supposed to be scene numbers, but I think he was just winging it. This must be like the Australian... Uh, How they do it down under. Civil dead way of writing things. <laughs> Which scene are we on, mate? 14 to 15. <laughs> okay, so one credit sequence. A dense blanket of rain descends on a vast, sodden wilderness. Two thieves, dressed in rags, hair plastered to their faces, run through the deluge. Deluge? Yep. One holds a wooden staff in his hand. They puff and pant. 
Occasionally, they stop and point through the impenetrable rain, then trudge on. Eventually, they stop. Thief 1 looks up, into the rain. Thief 2 looks down at the ground below. Exterior, wil- TWO! Exterior, <laughs> wilderness. Close-up of Maximus, lying, arms splayed, in the mud, unconscious. Rain hammers down. He wears his gladiatorial breastplate and his sword rests in his lifeless hand. The two thieves, like buzzards, swoop down upon him. The two thieves strip Maximus of his breastplate. Thief one puts the breast puts on the breastplate and roars with toothless laughter. He has no teeth, apparently. We're gonna mention this right now. He brandishes his staff. Ah, a mighty gladiator! Take up your sword, you dog! Thief two picks up Maximus's sword. Dog! I piss in your mother's milk! Prepare to die! Two thieves cackle with laughter. <laughs> then mock fight over the lifeless body of Maximus. Thief 2 stops suddenly, stands rigid for a moment, his face full of stupid surprise. I'm hit! I was Thief 2. Yeah, yeah, my bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm hit! excited to be an old toothless fuck. Like <laughs> thief 2 wavers, drops the sword, then falls flat on his face in the mud. A spear hangs out of his back. Thief One, still wearing the breastplate, turns and flees across the mudded expanse, disappearing into the rain. I love the idea that we were going to watch this guy put on the breastplate as if it's something that you just put on. Like it doesn't have like tons of straps. We were just going to sit there you the whole time. put it on like a t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs> Maximus, with a great sucking of breath, I expect more sucking in the script, <clears throat> rears suddenly up, his eyes wide with horror. He looks about him. He tries to stand, but is too weak. He sees a figure, Mordecai, moving mysteriously toward him through the rain. Mordecai, 40 years old, reaches Maximus. He stands over him. He gestures at the dead thief. Somebody be Mordecai. Another poor wretch dispatched to oblivion. Again, Maximus tries to stand, but cannot. Mordecai squats down beside him. Take it slow. Maximus looks around, bewildered, as if waking from a dream. What is this place? <laughs> I said it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> You had one line. <laughs> First line. <laughs> Do it again. Do I'm it trying again. to figure out what the fuck we... Uh, anyway, anyway uh, what place is this? That is a good question. Maximus reaches out in panic, grabs Mordecai roughly by the collar, and pulls him close. Asked you what place is this? Okay, that... This, this sentence starts with asked. Not I asked. Just asked. Not capitalized. Yeah. And it, and the word asked you what place is this? I don't know. It's I, just I didn't even fuck that second one up. You didn't. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if Nick Cave speaks English at this point. I feel like like he just learned to speak English. 
They speak Australian English. This is not even that. Like, yeah, they live on the upside down part of the world, but that doesn't excuse this. I'm, I don't know. Y'all are like, y'all are processing a lot of shit faster than I am because I'm, just, I don't know what the fuck is happening. Like, if you if you watch this off the heels of Gladiator One, like, and then you're just like whiplash. Did into you watch it. Gladiator in preparation of this? Anybody? No. I've, man, that's this shit's here. I'm pointing I, in my head. I, I meant to. I meant to, but I, I did not. No, I watched Game of Thrones. Fair. <clears throat> Let's just say they don't end with them taking him to a sodden forest. <laughs> Yeah, no, he he dies in the in the battle in the arena in in the arena. Yeah. He drops dead there, and then he's walking through the the fields of Elysium, putting his hand on the on the, the wheat on the wheat. Like, by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed this. Like Thanos did. Oh, oh yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Homage. Yeah. When I was watching Endgame, I was like, "What is this gladiator shit happening right now?" <laughs> And I, I do remember the end of the first Gladiator when they're like, "All oh, praise the hero of Rome. And then they throw him into the mud. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that. Yeah. Uh, so my only explanation here is that everybody revolted and tore down the arena, the Colosseum, okay. and just like left him <laughs> there. <laughs> they just converted it to a field around him. See, I didn't actually mess up the first line. That was me asking. I didn't know it was my turn to read. I was like, what is this place? <laughs> What's happening? Um, Mordecai. Mordecai detaches himself from Maximus's grip. At first, you will be disoriented and confused. Indeed. And indeed a little vexed. It is to be expected. But direct your anger elsewhere. I am a friend. Let me help you stand. Mordecai helps Maximus to his feet. Who are you? Mordecai wraps his hands around the spear that sticks out of the dead thief's back. Me? My name is Mordecai. Mordecai places his foot on the dead thief's back for leverage and with a grunt pulls free the spear. I keep the peace. Mordecai turns his back on Maximus and begins to move away. He stops. He turns to Maximus. Well, come on, follow me. Mordecai trudges off through the rain. Maximus picks up his Maximus, comma, picks up his sword, comma, comma then, comma, comma unsteady and drained, and comma, comma follows. follows. I feel like you're supposed to be reading the text way more dramatically than what you do. <laughs> Three exterior rock ledge shelter, foot of a hill. Day, night. Who knows? Who can say, I wrote a script 12 years before this and never again. He's Maximus got... and Mordecai sit under the shelter of a ledge jutting from a rock face at the foot of a rise. Rain hammers down. Mordecai shouts to be heard above the rain. He hands Maximus some bread, some meat. Eat. You'll be hungry. Maximus takes the food and eats ravenously. Mordecai hands Maximus a bladder of wine. Rough as dog guts, but the best you will find around here. Maximus drinks greedily. I have been waiting for you. Maximus stops eating. He looks at Mordecai. For me, I do not know you. But I know you, Maximus. I saw you fight just yesterday. 
Colosseum. The Colosseum? I saw you slay the Emperor. Maximus leans back heavily against the rock. He closes his eyes. He opens them. I was there, but I was not there. I cheered, but no one heard me. Speak plainly. I saw you fall. Maximus closes his eyes. Fall? Mordecai leans closer to Maximus. I saw you die. The bladder of wine falls from Maximus's hand. No time for riddles. Mordecai takes a shirt from his bag, folds it, and places it behind Maximus's head. Oh, you have time. Mordecai stands and looks out at the wilderness and the relentless rain. You have an eternity. Four. Exterior, Toledo Wheat Fields. Dream, Toledo? We're in Toledo? Are we in Kansas? <laughs> Maximus walks through the golden wheat fields. Wheat? Toledo? Yeah, I think we're in Kansas, y'all. It makes sense. When you open your eyes, fear not. <laughs> For you in Toledo. <laughs> Stop at the Flying J and grab me some jerky. <laughs> um, walks through the golden wheat fields, touching the tips of wheat with his fingers. In the distance, by a farmhouse... And beneath a giant poplar stands his wife, Maria, and his seven-year-old son, Marius. Maximus walks toward them. Without warning, great bruised storm clouds move across the sky, and it begins to rain heavily. The rain is so dense, Maximus can barely see his wife and child. There is a rumble of thunder, and a bolt of lightning leaps from the sky, and with a great crack, cleaves the mighty poplar in half. Exterior, rock ledge shelter, foot of hill. Maximus rears up from his sleep in panic. Maria, Marius. Mordecai, who is looking out at the wilderness, turns. Maximus climbs to his feet and grabs Mordecai. My wife, my son, I must find them. What is this place? Where am I? Maximus spins around looking wildly about him. Mordecai pulls himself free and moves off. Come, Maximus. I have something to show you. Exterior, rise of hill. Maximus and Mordecai walk up the... Up, bleh, bleh, bleh. Maximus and Mordecai walk up the rise of a steep hill. The rain beats down. The sky growls and a fork of lightning pitches itself from the heavens. Maximus looks up at the heavens, then all around him. He is in a state of great agitation. Thunder. It rains a lot here. There's another place than this. A great a place of wheat fields and olive trees, I know. I've seen it. My wife and my son are there. They await me. Are you just ignoring periods? I, I, um, <laughs> like, uh, I'm having a tough time. Christopher Walken. Got me. There's another place <laughs> than this. A place of wheat and fields and olive trees. I'll, I'll do it again. I can do I've it again. I've seen it. I've seen my it. Wife and my wife and son are there. They await me. Hey, they're not respecting my time. I'm not going to respect their periods. <laughs> 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 Fucking, that's how you talk in Toledo. Uh, <clears throat> I'll go again. There's another place than this. A place of wheat fields and olive trees. Oh, no. 
I've seen it. My wife and son are there. They await me. As I said, it rains a lot here. The, it, well, that has nothing to do with what he just said. He's like, motherfucker, I'm trying to get to a point. Stop talking. It rains a lot here. <laughs> Thunder. Keep telling and tell Thunder. <laughs> Elysium. I was moving toward Elysium. Sunlight, wheat fields, the great poplar. I must find them. Calm yourself, Maximus, and take heed. Maximus and Mordecai approach the top of the rise. I will find them. <laughs> Kneel before Zod, snoochie boochies. <laughs> Mordecai stops Maximus a few feet before the top of the rise. Listen to me, Maximus. There are two types of people here. Those who search and those who had given up the search. The former, in time, always becomes the latter. To search is to hope, and, well, here, there is no hope. Tell me where we are. That is simply the way it is. You will learn in time that is a... <clears throat> you will learn in time that eternity is the state of things at this very moment. We inhale, we exhale, and our blood pumps endlessly around our body without pause and for all time. It sends some people mad, you know. None of this dialogue makes any sense for anything, anywhere, in any time period. I think he's supposed to be, like, in hell. Or, um... Look, if I had to purgatory. talk to this guy for five minutes, I would be sure I was in hell, too. This guy is maddening. Maximus looks at the wilderness around him. No, I don't know. What people? Mordecai escorts Maximus to the top of the rise and gestures to the valley below. Those people. <laughs> what do you mean, those people? Those people. <laughs> Maximus stands at the top of the hill and looks down through the rain in horror. Exterior, the encampment. Below them, on a vast plateau, a multitude of people are camped by the edge of a flat black sea. A massive refugee camp that stretches on endlessly. Fires burn amongst the impoverished shelters, and thousands of people sit forlorn and hopeless in their squalor. A fog hangs lifelessly over the dark, motionless water of the sea. Maximus stares down. What unholy place is this? This, my friend, is the dumping ground for the inconsequential, the unnamed, the insignificant. I suspect there are many places such as these. It was not always so, well, impossible. Maximus moves off in the direction of the encampment. Mordecai follows. Once the powers were strong, there was order, a reckoning, a passing from one place to another. But not anymore. Something unheard is happening here. The order is shifting. The scales have been tipped. But what name does it go by? It has no name. It does not need one. Well, I fucking think it needs one. <laughs> Toledo. <laughs> help you to just tell me are where the fuck I am. Are we talking about a thing? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Knoxville. <laughs> Maximus and Mordecai walk down into the crowd. The mob eyes them suspiciously. What? <laughs> also, can I just say, he's like, this is for the unnamed, the inconsequential... My response would be, 
motherfucker, you just said I killed an emperor. Yeah. <laughs> How inconsequential is that? I saw right. that. I was there. Like, what happened after Rome? Did, was, did it go that bad? Like, I'm pretty sure I killed Caesar. Maximus and Mordecai walk down into the crowd. The mob eyes them suspiciously. Mordecai moves among them with amongst them with authority. Bedraggled people squat and cook and sit and wait in their rough shelters. They part for Mordecai and Maximus as they weave their way through. A desperate-looking woman pushes past Maximus and Mordecai. Cow! The woman kicks over another woman's cooking pot, and the two of them brawl, rolling in the mud, tearing at each other. Mordecai reaches down, takes the desperate woman roughly by the hair, and hauls her off. What is the problem here? The desperate woman stares sullenly at Mordecai. I asked you a question. The desperate woman lowers her eyes. Mordecai pushes her away, and she disappears into the throng. Mordecai uprights the cooking pot, then turns to Maximus. Women, they are all the same everywhere. Jesus Christ, I wish Nick. Kelly was here. I so wish <laughs> Kelly was here. She'd be like, what the fuck? Cow! <laughs> and, and this guy is like some sort of afterlife guide or something. He's not right. just some douchebag on Earth. Mm -mm. He's some spirit guide. And he's like, women, what are you going to do? <laughs> Can't live with them. Can't shoot them in the face. They suck here, too. <laughs> Like, Alive or dead, I, women are the worst. I wish they would take a shower. Can't live with them, can't die without them. God damn it. The woman with the cooking pot hands Mordecai a lump of bread. Maximus and Mordecai continue through the crowd. Mordecai chomps on the bread. They have given me a little power. A modest position of rank. I maintain order, such as it is. In turn, I am rewarded. With bread? Mordecai looks at the bread, then tosses it away and laughs. They allow me brief sojourns home. Who are they? Mordecai points to a ruined stone edifice beyond the crowd on the next rise. He sneers and gestures grandly. Them up there, the all-powerful. So Solomon... Hercules, Atlas, <laughs> Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury, right? Right, right. <laughs> and a little splash of uh, Hitler in hell. Yes, of course. <laughs> Maximus, with his Zagnut bars. Yeah, Zagnut. <laughs> Maximus hasn't had a line yet that hasn't ended with a question mark. <laughs> Where am I? What is this? Where's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> <laughs> with bread. <laughs> Why did I leave my breastplate and sword back there with <laughs> yeah, those dead yeah, Right. <laughs> Do these women give you blowjobs? <laughs> Are they inconsequential? They just like come out of the they come out of the the crowd and just hand you bread. They just hand you stuff like it is of no consequence. <laughs> <laughs> Not bread. Plop. Chomp. Chomp. Throw. I was gonna you eat. Weren't hungry, right? I was gonna eat that. Like that was actually Nick Cave being himself, like a rock star. <laughs> like, hey, take this beer. Knife. Glug glug. Throw it at him. <laughs> Maximus looks up at the ruined temple, then looks at Mordecai. What's oh, that? And where is home? 
Once again, Mordecai laughs. <laughs> well, Rome, of course. Maximus stops walking and grabs Mordecai by the arm and swings him round to face him. Rome? Yeah, you've heard of it, right? <laughs> it's like italicized even. And yet another question mark. What the fuck? <laughs> Maximus the Inquisitive. <laughs> what? Where? Where? First of his name. <laughs> Mordecai smiles. I see Rome. But Rome does not see me. Speak sense! Suddenly, a tremor of excitement ripples through the crowd, and people begin to stand and push and press toward the sea. The weather there is more agreeable. That wasn't a, a dumb reading. Mm. That was the commas <laughs> yeah. in the sentence forcing him there. I was thinking, so I was thinking we were talking about the sea. Like <laughs> we were not. The weather there is more agreeable. The weather, like, comma, like there, that's what it should have been. Is more agreeable. <laughs> it's like he's reading from an English text. He's like, oh, I've it's been. Like, this is my class. It's like he got some commas at Sam's Club in bulk. <laughs> like I gotta use all these, I or they're gonna go bad. Sprinkle them, motherfuckers. <laughs> A great roar goes up, and Maximus and Mordecai are jostled apart. Night follows day. Oh, shit. Maximus and Mordecai are pushed further apart, and Mordecai shouts toward Maximus above the din. The birds sing on the branches. Winter becomes spring. Spring becomes summer. Mordecai throws out his arms in a grand, mad gesture. Look at these fools! They think there is some way out of here. Mordecai... Comma, is elbowed in the face, comma, and knocked to the ground. Neither of those commas were necessary in the least. Maximus is shoved forward by the crowd. They are separated. The crowd seems to chant a word that Maximus cannot make out. A toothless old man, eyes bulging, runs into Maximus. Elysium! Elysium! Nice. Good. Good. Maximus takes hold of the old man. The old man struggles. Elysium? Let me go! Where? Where is Elysium? There! On the water! A boat! <laughs> this is why I gave up acting, because I'm real bad at it. You no, it's good. No, no, that's that pretty great. good. It's pretty you good. You jumped and shit. I like I it. That. I like it. Oh, I have to get real into it? Oh, dude. <laughs> He's a stage actor. He goes full method for the podcast. <laughs> He became an old man. He like, was at work today. Elysium! Elysium! <laughs> <laughs> Maximus releases the old man aside and pushes his way roughly through the crowd. Maximus reaches the shoreline and stares out at the flat, black expanse of water. People have waded into the sea, shouting and crying and gnashing their teeth. A small boat is moving slowly away, and Maximus can just make out the shape of a man, head bent holding a crutch, silent amongst the roiling masses before the boat is swallowed up by the fog. I don't know that this music is remotely appropriate. Wow. I'm assuming this is River Sticks music. <laughs> Fights break out on the shoreline as people hurl themselves at each other. Women wail and beat their breasts. Others sit their faces drained of hope and stare blankly out at the sea. Maximus takes all this in. He then turns and looks up at the ruined temple on the rise, and with the crowd rioting about him, begins to walk toward it. 
Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. What's up, Docs and Docettes? Trevor Thompson, the self-appointed Looney Tunes critic here, and if you like old cartoons and watching online reviewers dissect them, then you probably said the same thing I did about two years ago. Hey, what the fuck? Mayor, watch your language, you bud. Every Saturday morning, I do a brand new commentary of a Warner Brothers short. All throughout the month, I do video essays examining the history of these cartoons. Catch my videos on youtube.com slash ferriswheelhouse2, or just use the hashtag Looney Tunes Critic. And now, here's Eric Bowser, the new voice of Bugs Bunny. You've been listening to the Looney Tunes Critic. Ain't he a stinker? Lights, camera, action. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now, back to Table Reads. Guys, we've been at this for over half an hour, and nothing has happened Maximus. Basically, basically, Maximus has gone for a walk in the afterlife. This is The Walking Dead. That's kind of that's kind of true. He's just like, look at this pit. <laughs> look how shitty they are. <laughs> and there's women in there. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking women. It's like a beating their breasts and shit. A reigning Mad Max. Barely though. It's just if Mad Max was no, just walking and staring. Happen in Mad Max. Well, yeah, it, yeah. Like, he's and, an active participant. And, you know, Max doesn't just wander through the outback of Australia or wherever that's supposed to be asking questions of some wise man who, let's face it, is probably black because he's probably a magic Negro character. Mm. I wouldn't doubt that because that was his friend in the first Gladiator. Yeah. Hansu. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's playing the same thing here because... Maximus evidently doesn't remember anything from the first movie. He's like, I killed an emperor. Nerd. Oh my god, this makes so much sense. Nick Cave didn't watch the first one either. <laughs> so, so he's like, he like read the back of the VHS and was like, yeah. oh. He just, he just, he he saw like the the trailer. <laughs> I killed an emperor. Oh, I gotta watch that movie. Oh man, I just, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what. This is, you know what? This is great. I love this. It's so far just as bad as I hoped. <laughs> Fade in. Exterior, the encampment. Maximus pushes through the hordes of people. Women huddle over babies. Children cry. Men rush this way and that. It is a place of great anguish. You know, he's working real hard to describe this hellish nightmare scape, but it just sounds like what's going on at our southern border. Shit. <laughs> I mean, for real, it's like a line oh, at Disney. No, uh, no, these people have their children with them. Oh, that's true. Also, this is an encampment. And they have bread. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Political Table Reads. That's the show everybody wants, right? <laughs> yeah. Look at that hell pit. Put more people there. Ext no, seriously, though, this doesn't sound very hellish. It just sounds like a whole bunch of people camped out by the seaside. It sounds like England. It's Fire Festival. <laughs> it's all like, over it's, again. like yeah, it's Fire Fest. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Fire Festival sounds a lot more hellish than this. Yeah, but it was still What's His Face going like, look at all the people. They're inconsequential. <laughs> it was the exact dialogue Touché. from that. Exterior encampment. Vendors stall. 
There's a vendor stall in this encampment? Yeah, they sell muck and Bread, shit and women. <laughs> T-shirts. So so I've been to purgatory. <laughs> so so here in uh the the worst place on the planet, they've been here for so long that they can't get off anymore without eating filth. So they sell different varieties of filth mm. at this vendors. You've put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I keep missing the boat to Toledo. More thought. <laughs> <In> Toledo. <laughs> Yeah, what is that? I still don't get that. Don't turn part. around. Don't turn around when you're leaving, or you might get turned into a pillar of That's salt. Right. I wish Kelly were here so she could tell us if Toledo is some sort of mythical place mm. that, you know, it might be an old name. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Let's mm. call Kelly. About to, yeah, phone a friend. <laughs> Real quick, I saw a guy. That would be cool if you could call her and bring her in. That would be awesome. You can awesome. put her on speakerphone, can't you? You know, uh, I I did buy uh, before I had all this set up. I had a, a one of those Yeti microphones, yeah. like a real good one. Yeah, and she has it. Oh, so we could Skype her in, and she would sound great. That would be cool. She could but... be she could be on a plane. Shut up! I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Skyping from a plane, um, but I I just wanted to point out that. Uh, all the all the thought that you put into this nightmarish hellscape, it's Gamora, right? Like, is more thought than Nick Cave put into how to spell <laughs> the word vendor, <laughs> because it's V E N D E R S, vendor, vendors, vendors stall is how he spelled it. Yeah, but he spells it right in the paragraph. Oh, that's true. You see that? That's true. I this guess is what happens <laughs> with. Like Windows 95 version of Microsoft Word. <laughs> he updated it one time, so it accepted that into the dictionary. Does so. it add the dictionary? <laughs> Learn. Replace all <laughs> vendors with vendors. You're so stupid, Google don't even know what a vendor is. There's a Toledo, is. Spain. Oh. Which was that would be part Elysium. of Rome. Right. Yeah. Maybe there he was in. a Spaniard. Yeah. Like he was, yeah. Spaniard. he was a Spaniard, yeah. Oh, he was, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... He was back at home. We solved it, guys. There it is. There Just it heading is. to Toledo. Cause, cause that's, <laughs> that's where his family was, and then he woke up again right. dead. Right. I guess. I don't, I'm so confused. I, yeah. But he also referred to it as Elysium. So it's Toledo. Toledo is in Elysium, or Elysium is in Toledo? So I, he thinks his family is in Elysium, but he had a flashback for when they were still alive in Toledo. Talesium. But he remembers them, but he doesn't remember murdering the man who killed them. I, I mean, yeah, it was an Oscar movie, but kind of forgettable. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about Elysium? <laughs> Let's not talk about that movie. That was like, that was like a great. I was it was so a, disappointed I was that the too. whole movie wasn't Russell Crowe wandering fuck. through wheat. <laughs> Wife. <laughs> Just a pissed off Aussie, like trying to throw grenades at people. That's like, our house a, film. a Spaniard Aussie. Oh. I mean, this is right up there with Sean Connery playing an Egyptian Spaniard. <laughs> Exterior encampment vendor stall. The crowd has thinned as Maximus makes his way toward the ruined temple. Maximus passes a vendor stall, an improvised shelter with a thin trellis table. The vendor sees Maximus. Maximus sees the vendor. I can't. 
<laughs> it's a meat cute. <laughs> what is this? Who writes like this? Meat cute. There's a meat cute hi. vendor. Hi. Oh, hi. Welcome it's, to my stall. I'm just vending. <laughs> the vendor grabs something from the table and shoves that underneath. Oh, this is not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Jesus. Uh. There is a brief moment of recognition as Maximus lurches forward, takes hold of the vendor, and drags him onto the table. It is the thief who stole the breastplate. Maximus says nothing as he stares down at the thief, wild-eyed. The thief reaches back, gropes beneath the table, and drags forth the breastplate. Maximus takes it off him. Maximus releases the vendor, and the table collapses and the shelter topples around him. Maximus moves off. Like a cartoon. Oh, gee, mister. Exterior. Entrance of ruined temple. Maximus wearing his breastplate. Appro the, whole, the whole movie's going to be like him getting his, his armor all back, like in a video game, just piece by piece. And then he gets the helmet and his sword like turns into a, a buster wow. sword. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. And he has to get like magic stones to put into it to, to upgrade. I'm going Final Fantasy VII here. Okay. I'm loving it. Yeah, okay. then he fights Mordecai shoot, for civil shoot. rights and shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bahamut Zero. Oh, yeah, it's Mordecai Sephiroth? Uh, Maximus wearing his breastplate approaches the ruined temple. Mordecai sits on the stone steps of the temple, pressing a blood spotted rag against his nose. Maximus begins to mount the steps. Mordecai gestures to the breastplate. Ah, the gladiator restored. Maximus continues up the steps, ignoring Mordecai. I had a feeling you would come here. Maximus passes Mordecai. Mordecai dabs at his swollen nose. That we're not going to discuss how that happened. Or is it when they got separated in the crowd? I, I guess so. Did he get bonked in the nose? He's like, oh, nice broken nose. <laughs> Stay near your microphone. Nobody well, can hear you. I didn't want to dab into the microphone. Don't don't dab in my house. Uh oh. <laughs> I take them all back. This is a no dab zone. You need to put that above the above the yeah. door. <laughs> no dabbing. No dab zone. They await you, my friend. But stay sharp. Maximus enters the temple. All is not as it seems to be. Where are my dragons? <laughs> Mordecai presses the bloody rag back against his nose. Interior, ruined temple. Maximus enters the dim confines of the temple. Rain leaks through the broken stonework and, the, and runs down the walls. A large torch wheel. What's a torch wheel? Mm. Hangs from the ceiling on a chain and it's... Oh, it's a chandelier that you put torches in around instead of candles. It's... It's that thing that they have in uh, the big beer halls, like, you know, Odin's Hall. It looks like... Like in Valhalla. In Valhalla, yeah. Uh, torch wheel, not a thing. I'm going to go out on a limb and say a torch wheel is not a thing. Yeah, I think he just didn't... He know. had a picture in his head, and he's like, torch wheel. It's a torch wheel. <laughs> I'm Nick Cave. I write whatever I want. A large torch wheel hangs from the ceiling on a chain, and it swings and creaks. Seven dissolute old men, 
Jupiter, Apollo, Pluto, Neptune, Mars, Mercury, Bacchus. Shazam! <laughs> Japnerba! Japnerba! Cluster around a makeshift table. Their heads craned toward each other. Hold on, I, I just want to check something. Jupiter, Roman, Apollo, Greek, Pluto, Roman, Neptune, Roman, Mars, Roman, Mercury, Roman, Bacchus, Greek. They're a little mixed up. They're inclusive. I'm not 100%. Apollo wouldn't be an old man either. I'm not I'm not 100% that Bacchus and Apollo were Greek and not Roman. This is why we need Kelly. True. I wish she listened to the show. I'm sure she doesn't. Um, I wish she listened so that she could hear us wanting her here. Yeah. No, I mean, no offense to you. No, I'm with y'all. Like, <laughs> I miss table reads. He's like, I wish Kelly was I here. I wish I wasn't here, too. <laughs> I miss the old table he reads doesn't like before the, me. He doesn't like the, the no dab zone. Yeah, yeah, I kind of ruined it. I'm, I'm getting quiet the rest of this. <laughs> My maximus lines, yeah, come here. <laughs> Just phone it in. He, he only came here because he thought it was a dab zone. <laughs> <laughs> My fiance won't let me dab at home. I'm going to go over to Sean's. I'm going to go to Sean's house and dab. I dab, I dab like 50 times, you bitch. Four. <laughs> <laughs> like, I went over show there. you. I'm four episodes deep. I'm like, oh, these guys are some dabbers. And the first thing I do, I'm a bad judge of people. Every time there's a, a piece of silence, you're imagining us just dabbing. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like mad dabbing. Look, like, these guys are with it. <laughs> All right, Shazam. Flutter around a makeshift table. Jap in the book. Their heads crane toward each other as they mumble amongst themselves. They, you, know, you, know, you know, like gods. You know, they gods mumble. are known for mumbling. Mum, mumbling ass fools. We should rearrange our names so it says a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> you move your you move your throne there. <laughs> I'll move mine here. Map-ab-jab. map I wish we had somebody else with another vowel. <laughs> <laughs> we sound like some sort of military sonar weapon. <laughs> Where's Achilles? <laughs> um, the old men grow silent. Uh, wait, I, I skipped the part. Uh, Maximus the stands before them. The old men grow silent. They look ill and diseased. The torch wheel creaks. Jupiter, fat, eyes boiled and bloodshot, sits in the center. He looks at Maximus and pushes the other old men away. Give me room. The old men sit upright, tottering drunkenly on their seats. Jupiter leans forward and throws open his arms. Behold, the mighty gladiator. The old men smirk and titter. In all his thundering apparel. The old men burst into laughter. <laughs> rocking and howling. In their seats, Jupiter raises his hand. The hilarity dies down. Mars, spider-thin, sniggers like a girl behind his hand. Spider-thin? Who who considers spiders like, hmm, what's, what's thin? I know. Uh, well, <laughs> that is from Australia, so. Yeah, he's from Australia, where the spiders <laughs> eat babies. The beefiest spiders. <laughs> what is spider-thin? That... He's not even 
like human? The drugs are good there. And he sniggers like a girl. <laughs> I don't even know how to snigger like or a girl. Or like a small boy. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's it. That's it. That's there that's you go. There you go. Yeah. You're in charge of all the sniggering. <laughs> Speak, gladiator. State your purpose. What brings you here? I seek my wife and my son. Were they? Wait. Oops. Jupiter mm. leans forward. Were they good people, gladiator? Were they kind? No, they were fucking shitheads, my wife and son. What? What's a man gonna say? Oh, you know, now that you mention it, I am in the wrong place. She was kind of a bitch. She's always taking advantage of my, like, they never let me dab. (laughs) (laughs) They were. Mars sniggers and leans forward. Were they honest and compassionate? They were. Were they virtuous, gladiator? Did the little birds twitter as they passed by? Maximus stares at Jupiter. Well, you won't find them around here. Jupiter throws himself back in his seat and laughs. (laughs) Then breaks into a coughing fit. (laughs) Again, the old men roar with laughter. Maximus steps forward and rests his hands on the table as he leans close to Jupiter. Can you help me, or old man, or not? In unison, the old men reel back and wave their hands in mock horror. You guys! <laughs> the man means business. The old men laugh. Jupiter raises his hand. The laughter dies. Jupiter stares into Maximus's eyes. Old? It is true, but a mere man? Jupiter shl- slowly? Slowly shakes his head. I think not. Jupiter leans forward. I could assign you to oblivion in a breath. Maximus and Jupiter stare at each other. I've come to you in good faith. Can you help me? Jupiter, theatrically, cups his hand to his ear. Hush. Listen. What is that I hear? The room grows silent. The torch wheel creaks. The winch of fortune turning in your favor. How so? Listen to me, Maximus. Jupiter leans closer, his face becoming grave. There is this man. His name is Hephaestus. He is, well, one of our own. He has disappeared, turned his back on us, lit out into the wilderness, the great desert, his head full of devils, and bad ideas. Bacchus, ravaged, old hands trembling, leans in. A madman. A lunatic. A dissident. His brains swarm with all manner of damnable and most dangerous notions, and he has converts, Maximus. Converts. Apostates. Fanatics. He is an agitator. He squeezes the bellows of dissident. A little wind, a mere puff, but within it, the presage of pandemonium. Am I making myself clear? No. (laughs) (laughs) What was that last part again? (laughs) The Mars guy has a weird voice. (laughs) 
the record, his response, no, is what's in the script. That's awesome. I don't want it. Okay. <laughs> Hephaestus has certain ideas about omnipotence. He believes there is a being greater than us. Can you imagine it? This evil little idea is growing, collecting weight. Some of the rabble are actually listening to him. This little idea. Jupiter gestures at the ailing old men, then leans forward. Jupiter grows quiet, almost sorrowful. Is hurting us. Look about you. We were not always this way. We are sick unto death. Languishing. Laid low. Maximus moves closer so that his face is close to that of Jupiter. What has this to do with my wife and child? We are suffering, Maximus. But we are not without our powers. We can bring you and your family together. Indeed, I could do it in a breath. If you have such power, why not deal with this problem yourselves? It is not so simple. Hephaestus, he is one of us. Jupiter runs one fat finger slowly down the length of Maximus's breastplate. In any case, your reputation precedes you, Gladiator. This movie is fucking stupid. It's really bad. <laughs> this is so bad. It's like I imagine these characters as Muppets. That's why I'm playing Jupiter like this. It, like, makes sense. it feels like the labyrinth. So what's but with going Gladiator on? Gladiator in it, like what's going on right here, just to recap, is the king of all the gods is like, hey, you managed to kill a foppish dandy emperor. So obviously you can kill a god where we cannot. The, the assassin, like he's not gladiator. He's just an assassin, assassin. at this point. Yeah, this is, this is the script that became Assassin's Creed. Maximus is super meta. Like he's like asking all the right questions. He's like, why do you want me to do it? No, I don't understand. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's kind help. of weird for your protagonist to be the uh, the outsider character <laughs> that that serves to to be the focal point for all the exposition. He's like a player character, mm. like yeah, you a, know, a player he, character. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you know, he knows what's going on almost. Like it's like um, I I guess he's like the main character from Farscape. He ends up on the other side. Do you guys guys ever watch Farscape? Negative. Negative. Okay, I watched like three episodes. So I'm not. I don't have any. <laughs> so basically, here's the thing, and this is why I only watched like three episodes, because I don't like stuff like this. He ends up on the other side of the universe in some like space accident or whatever, and so he's surrounded by. All, he's an Earth guy, on the other side of the universe, and so he just spends like all his time wandering around like a six year old going, "What's that? What's that?" What's that? And having people explain the world to him constantly. Oh, it's irritating. Yeah. That's what this is. Yeah. Like, oh, what's the status quo of the afterlife? Nick Cave is like sitting there just fucking like, I'm going to tell everybody what the fucking afterlife is. These are all my thoughts of what it really is. This is, I, oh man, I'm making some fucking transcendental shit. <laughs> He also uses a typewriter. He's like the shitty Neil Gaiman. Right. That's what it feels like. I mean, so just production note, why didn't we just start at the temple? 
Like that whole first eight pages was to get him to oh. lose his breastplate and then find his breastplate. Yeah. <laughs> all of this is throwaway. Yeah, it's all even the stuff we're reading now, still just throwaway. Yeah. We're this not... is all set up for whatever the next dumb thing is. Oh man, I can only hope. <laughs> it gets dumber. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is fucking stupid. I'm in. <laughs> I'm really glad you're here for this because Preacher did not give you a good yeah. intro to table reads. Right, no, yeah, yeah. Like he was like, Yeah, it's a good play for jokes. Like I'll, I'll watch the other episode, we're doing preacher, and I'm like, I'm just I'm just gonna read this when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> this is just really great. Now I'm gonna watch the TV show and read all yeah, the comics. Right. Yep. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh boy. Oh, your reputation precedes you. The old men smirk and chuckle. What do you want me to do? The, <laughs> the old men laugh. Jupiter does not. He leans close to Maximus. Find him. Find him. And kill him. Maximus and Jupiter stare at one another. Maximus turns and leaves. He sees Mordecai leaning in the doorway. Maximus pushes past him and exits the temple. Exterior, the encampment. Maximus moves, comma, with purpose, comma, down the temple steps. Mordecai follows him down. Wait! Maximus ignores him and marches on. Maximus stops, turns, and confronts Mordecai. How do I get to the desert? Maximus! The desert! How do I get there? They are lying to you. I will find it myself. Calling it... Mordecai is Hephaestus. There you go. Maximus stalks off. Mordecai shouts after Maximus. Your wife and son are not where you think they are. They're in Toledo, Kansas! <laughs> <laughs> Maximus turns and takes hold of Mordecai roughly. Tell me what you know. Your wife made a plea. A plea? With whom? Maximus releases Mordecai. Mordecai points to the ruined temple. That is where the bargains are done. What kind of plea? Your wife sacrificed her place in Elysium so that your son could live out the rest of his life on Earth. My son is alive? Alive, my friend. And in Rome. And my wife, where is she? She's down there beating her breast. <laughs> Mordecai gestures around the vast encampment. Somewhere here or beyond. Well, that's a question mark. Or beyond? Like, somewhere kind of somewhere here or beyond? Look, man, I'm <laughs> fucking making this up as I go along. I don't know shit. Y'all were making fun of the comments. I'm still on this question mark shit. Like, <laughs> I was really hoping for some good, like, are you not entertained? Like, but this is just all like, what? Where? Huh? Are you huh? not entertained ends with a question mark. That's true. <gasps> it rests full circle. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife, where is she? Oh, wait, sorry. Beyond? <laughs> I answered the wrong question. <laughs> Mordecai <laughs> waves his hand toward the next rise, miles away. Maximus, it goes on and on. And on and on and on and on and on, and the beat mm -hmm. don't stop, stop till the, the break of dawn. <laughs> Maximus stares out at the endless encampment. Mordecai looks at Maximus, reading his thoughts. There is nothing you can do, Maximus. One simply... Has to be. Side note. In scripts, you don't typically italicize particular words in dialogue because 
then you're telling an actor how to act? And that's generally frowned upon for the screenwriter. Mm. Why aren't you just trying to be, man? You just like need you're to trying to do too much. Just listen, be, man. Just man. Be, be the dab. Mm. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if someone did that to a role for, for Christopher Walken? <laughs> that man. Yes. That man doesn't. Just italicize. Do that. Italicize. Wow. 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 <laughs> Maximus looks at Mordecai with scorn. Do nothing? Then you are of no use to me. Maximus moves off. Mordecai hops along beside him. Why is he hopping? Wait, Maximus, my foot hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bloody nose. <laughs> I'm trying to dab. <laughs> it's because he keeps trying to hop and he fell over and bust his fucking nose. <laughs> Why do you have a limp? My nose. <laughs> he just progressively, like as the script goes out, he falls <laughs> apart more and more. Like his hand falls off. Like, wait, Maximus. <laughs> All of it for no reason. Yeah, it, just, it just goes on and on. <laughs> Maximus keeps walking. I'm keeping the music this time. I, too, made a bargain. Where are you going? The desert. I, 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 forgot, I forgot you mentioned that earlier. <laughs> I'm the direct man. Maximus lurches off. Mordecai follows. Exterior. Edge of desert. Maximus and Mordecai stand on the top of a rise, looking out over a barren expense, expanse. Behind them, way down, is the vast encampment, over which squats a great purple rain-filled cloud. Beyond that, the Black Sea. The expanse, in contrast, is dry and deserted, like a de desert. Like a I desert. That's a desert. Like a rainy desert. A merciless sun beats down. Like, like a desert. Maximus moves on to the parched, moves on down into the parched landscape. Like a desert. Mordecai <laughs> remains standing on, he has a thesaurus is what's happening. <laughs> desert, dry, hot, parched. I got this. <laughs> I am a great screenwriter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use all of these in one paragraph. Then they'll see the people who didn't give me an Oscar for that thing about the unwashed dead or whatever it was. Civil dead. Ghosts of the civil dead. <laughs> Got snubbed at all the Oscars, even the Aussie Oscars. I wish that was a thing. I don't know, like the kangaroos or something? I don't know what a fucking desert looks like. <laughs> I live in a goddamn desert. It's an expanse. He still needed the thesaurus, though. He's writing it in the outback. He's like, I don't need another word for the things I'm looking he, around he, at. Yeah, yeah. No, he's just sitting there, and he wishes somebody would bring him some tea or something. <laughs> well, it's parched, torrid, like, it's dry. Quick, Russell, what's not wet? <laughs> uh, it's uh, sweaty-inducing. <laughs> Like a sandwich doesn't have any like oil or vinegar on it. The desert is dry except for <laughs> my sweat. Like a sandwich that needs mayo. <laughs> <laughs> like Wait, toast with no butter. Hold on, stop this episode. Start the next episode. We'll just hinge on this. <laughs> just 45 minutes describing a desert. <laughs> Maximus is like, what is a desert? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh, shit. 
Oh, man. Oh, it gets better. Uh, a merciless sun beats down. Maximus moves on down into the parched landscape. Mordecai remains, standing on the rise, watching solemnly. The retreating figure of Maximus. Exterior, the desert. A blistering sun beats down. Maximus trudges on through the desert. <gasps> An endless vista of nettled scrub and thorny thickets and dust and rocks. In it. In it. <laughs> it makes so much more sense when you read it like that. Like, <laughs> Why are there three exterior desert breakups? <laughs> oh, yeah. Three <laughs> scenes in a row that all just say exterior the desert. He's, he's inserting his own cuts. Yeah. Maximus sits by a rock. He has removed his breast. See, in a normal script, it would say desert later, maybe, or something right. like that. But since it has no day or night or any indicator, um, I think what happened is he learned how to write a script when he did Ghosts of the Civil Dead. That's a stupid title. <laughs> I, just, I just hate it. I, I see the title and I go, I hate this movie. It's just a bunch of zombies being like, no need to start a ruckus. <laughs> Now, now. There's plenty of brains back at the <laughs> charnel house. Um, uh, but I feel like he learned to write a script back then. And 12 years later, Russell Crowe was like, hey, write me back into this thing, even though I'm dead. Just do it. You got this. And he's like, I remember how to do this. Maybe yeah. he thought they were going to insert like a Star Wars screen wipes. Boot Microsoft Word. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> now desert. Uh, Maximus sits by a rock. He has removed his breastplate, which he has balanced on the rock and propped up with a stick to form an improvised shelter from the terrible sun. He drinks from a skin of water. He stares out at the vast nothingness and doesn't wonder where he got the skin of water. Probably the exterior of the desert. <laughs> exterior, the desert. See? Maximus trudges on. As the sun sinks, his breastplate on his back, comma, for shade like a shell. Comma, comma. His breastplate on his back, you are doing it wrong. <laughs> it's right there in the name. Now the sun's on my back. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Fourth one in a row, exterior, the desert. Jeez. Oh but this one is camp by thicket. Mm. Darkness descends. Maximus sits by a large, comma, weird, comma, blackthorn thicket. He has lit a small fire. There is deathly oppressive stillness. He hears strange, half-human, half-animal noises. He lies down and tries to sleep. Fade out. I figured we should just stop there because this clearly isn't actually going anywhere, so we're never going to get to an actual stopping point. Yeah, no, no, there's no fade to black. This is all action, baby. Exterior, the desert. Exterior the desert. Exterior the desert. Exterior the desert. Exterior the desert. Yeah, there's five more. Exterior the desert. We are in the desert. We have to figure out what this half animal, half uh, human noise is. I'm imagining my head being like, hey! That was half human, half animal. Hey, you guys!
look at the half animal, half human noise. <laughs> you guys, this this script is real, real fucking bad. God damn it. Like, from every conceivable, like, metric. Yeah. It is bad. It's bad storytelling. It's bad character. It's bad. Like, name something that writers do, and it is bad at that. I mean, we're we're quite a few pages in, and this is this is like this is not good. I don't care what he's doing; like, it's boring. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, there's nothing exciting about what he does. If he finds his wife, I would just hope that it happens really soon, so the movie's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's like when when you think about Gladiator, you think about that opening scene. They set it up. They're getting ready for the battle. On my mark. Yeah. Unleash hell. Every line of that movie gives you goosebumps. It's so good. Yeah. And it's every line of this movie gives me douche chills. Douche, douche chills. Douche chills. I've never even experienced that. I'm gonna, what, I'm registering that URL right half now. Half animal, half noise. douche chills. <laughs> oh man. Okay, everybody. I want you to know some important things, like. Joshua J. Baker here is a voiceover artist. I am. That you can hire for I am. your corporate you could, videos you could, or whatever. You could hire me to play Jupiter. <laughs> JoshuaJBaker.com, everybody. Go go ahead and go there. Send me an email. Link up with me on the Twitters, the tweets. The what you got going on over there, Jeff? Anything? Uh, not really. Just going to plug some like libraries or something. Like, Go, go get a library card. Start what, checking what some if, books out. What if people need their air conditioning cleaned? Is that what you do? I don't know what you do. If you're a hotel owner, <laughs> listen to this podcast. Yeah, go ahead and give me a call. Um, shoot me an email uh, or it's whatever. I'll be in the link or whatever. Yeah, it's good. I'm going to save him a ton of money on Great. his energy expense. Guys, tell your friends about table reads because you hate them, right? <laughs> And you can follow us on Twitter at The Table Reads, on Instagram at The Table Reads, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Table Reads. Um, that's about it. Subscribe, like, comment, all the stuff you're supposed to do with podcasts. Love like, you. You're, you're not new at this, right? So get the fuck out of here. This podcast was created by Sean McBee. For more, visit TableReadsPodcast.com. Cut to black. Black.